<laughs> so so because that's offending no one, but it sounds so mean. <laughs> you live at the bottom of the ocean. I'm sorry. Hey, you're probably hideous. <laughs> you can't say that. It's offensive to people who live at the bottom of the ocean. <laughs> Um, well, they better come up here and fight us. <laughs> One day in like 30,000 years, someone will listen to this and be like, hey! <laughs> yeah, but they say that with their seven mouths. <laughs> Welcome to another episode of We Explain Movies. I'm Kimmy. I'm Kayleen. And I'm Courtney. And this is the podcast where three best friends explain, rate slash review, and decide whether or not to see the latest and greatest or most beloved classics of film. This means each week, two or one of us will explain a movie to the other two or one of us in its entirety. Since this is a center for spoilers, if you haven't seen this week's movie, tune out and tune back in once you have. For other spoiler timestamps, check out our Instagram and Twitter at WeExplainMovies. Here's how it's going to go. We're going to start off with what we watched this week, move into some movie-related questions, followed by the explanation, and then we're going to close out with our watchlist ads and recommendations. You're listening to We Explain Movies. We're ready to go. Ready to go. Woo! Morning podcast. Morning's here. I'm sound raspier than normal. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I feel like sometimes we're coy about um, like when we're recording or when we're posting, but I think the listeners should know it is 6 a.m. It's still dark out. <laughs> <laughs> I still am going to work today. <laughs> I was up till 12 a.m. last night. 12 p.m. I think it's like, it's, I just shouldn't be talking. We do it for the pod. <laughs> do it, do for, it for the, the pod. pod. Do it for the pod. Yeah, we have crazy busy schedules this week, and I was like, let's be silly. Oh, she did. She <laughs> said, <be> crazy. <laughs> because we're committed to you, so feel special if you're listening to this on Monday. <laughs> yeah. It's because a lot of effort went into it. This week... Kimmy and I, I'm Courtney, Kimmy and I are going to be explaining the 2020 film Underwater, starring Mabe. Kristen Stewart. you doing that because it's She's underwater. underwater. <laughs> <laughs> that oh commitment God. was real. <laughs> Did you have that planned this whole time? No. <laughs> you guys get these jokes on the fly. <laughs> wow, A plus. No, I liked that a lot. Yeah, Kristen Stewart Day. Yay. What a great way to start your week, everybody. Oof, oof, ah, oof. Okay. What did you watch this week? Let's start the episode that way. Yeah. So should we talk about the silly thing first? I'm so can we get ready for this story? I, this this I, we've planned. Yeah, I like, don't I It's don't not know written about this. or anything, but <laughs> I have yeah. a script that I shall be reading yeah. from. Courtney Line. Recording this, yeah. they're like, should we tell her and <laughs> about the funny thing? And I'm like, what funny thing? Get ready for these like Neil Labute overlaps that we rehearsed for hours. <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> um That's a pretty niche reference. Sorry. <laughs> For those two listeners that understand what the fuck that means. Okay. Um, so, Courtney and I saw each other Friday while Kimmy was out of town. Part of why, again, 6 a.m. is because both of these ladies are going out of town. Anyway, I was with Courtney, hanging out, and I had been saving this for the pod because I wanted to talk about it on the pod. But something came up, I was like, I just gotta bring it up. And I go, Courtney... I gotta tell you about something. <laughs> it was like big secret time. It was okay. it was also like 3 a.m. <laughs> this was the was big like, reveal of the night. I was like, Courtney, I have to tell you something. Dakota and I are watching a show right now, and we've never done this before in our relationship, and it's very exciting. It's pretty <laughs> stupid, but we're obsessed with it. 
It's this show on Netflix called The Circle. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> Slapped her across the face. <laughs> and she goes, I finished the circle. <laughs> okay. Kimmy and I watched the circle. Legit. Okay. Courtney was watching the circle and I came in like a couple episodes in. I was like, what are you watching? She's like, it's this reality show. It's about social media. And I started watching. I was like, this is so stupid. But then I didn't leave the room. Yeah. And I was like, sat down on the couch and I was like, why is this so addicting? Yeah. <laughs> It's so good. Alert. <laughs> alert. Alert. Yeah, Dakota and I, we realized we've never watched a reality show together. I just haven't really watched any reality show in a really long time. I haven't really watched reality shows And we just either. accidentally got sucked in, and I was like, I have no shame. The show's the best. <laughs> show is the best. There's not really fights. Right. And, uh, the drama's pretty low. Everyone's like, I love you. I love you. And then mm-hmm. new people come in and go, what the fuck is going on? <laughs> and then it's like the second someone makes a snide comment, I'm like, this is dramatic. <laughs> right. Yeah. One person will be like, I think you're a catfish. And we all go, ooh. <laughs> and they all freak out. I'm not. I'm not a catfish. <laughs> Why would you say that about I'm me? I'm true to myself. I've always been true to myself. And then Alana oh. goes, I'm just a model. <laughs> Yeah. Did you finish it? I did finish it. I don't want to spoil it for the listeners, but no. we could talk about it later. But um, yeah, it's awesome, and I was very happy with the winner. It's a great show. Um, I guess I could talk about my solo thing. I watched sure. all of Chernobyl Woot with woot. Dakota as well. And all of Ooh. Chernobyl is five episodes. It's not like it's that big of a deal, <laughs> but it was amazing. Yeah. And um, I kind I was glad that you guys told me about your experience watching it because I did kind of feel that the first episode was a little slow, mm-hmm. even though it's establishing everything, and obviously it's very important. I was glad you guys had told me that so that I didn't kind of get discouraged, I guess. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, that last episode made me feel like a scientist. <laughs> and I, the next day at work, I was like, who wants to know what happened in Chernobyl? Ask me. I can explain the whole thing. <laughs> I got it. It's fine. <laughs> Zenin, I know all about it. <laughs> I also, just watching it, it was so... First of all, scary, because it's real. But it just, it was so scary that I kept having to remind myself that it was real. Mm. Like, for example, the scene where everyone's flashlights are going out. Yeah, that's the scary, that's what hooked us. We were like, can't stop until we find out if the world's gonna explode or not. It's just like, that, that's like a sci-fi movie. What's happening? And that really happened. I know. Yeah. That's crazy. Mm. And then when they're just talking about how if they don't fix it all, like, oh, the water will be poisoned for 25,000 years. Yep. That's crazy. It is crazy to just think that we all survived that, because I know with wind, it would have What it if it just wiped everywhere. out the world? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Loved Chernobyl. I want to talk about what you and I have been watching together? I did watch something. Oh, okay. I watched Ex Machina. Nice. Again. Oh, fun. I know we've already talked about it on the pod, but I watched fun. it with my mom. She hadn't seen it before, um, and she was like, I like sci-fi, and I was like, well, you're gonna love this. (laughs) And Do you like sci-fi that makes you feel bad? Yeah, and uh, she's like a very vocal watcher, and the whole time she was like, Donald Gleason is is an AI, he's actually the AI, the whole trick is for him, and I was like, (laughs) you know, like, she doesn't know that he's gonna get trapped in a box. (laughs) And just like, just like... Oscar Isaac's performance is just so crazy. Yeah. It's so yeah. crazy. All three of all the of leads them. are pretty stellar. Yeah. 
And I forgot about a lot of stuff. Like, I forgot that he starts to think that he is an AI and, like, cuts himself yeah. to yeah. see if there's, like, mechanics inside there and stuff. I was like, shh. Well, forgot about this part. <laughs> <laughs> and, um, yeah, it's just, I just love it. Mm-hmm. You want to talk about what we've been watching? Yes. Courtney and I have been watching the HBO Stephen King adapted series, The Outsider. Looks really good. It is super good and super scary. <laughs> and <laughs> I, out a lot. I keep having like theories and stuff. Mm. Of course, because Courtney knows she read, read the it? book. Yeah, you know when I'm like, man, I don't know. And the other day we sat down to watch one of the episodes, and I was like, all right, <laughs> like I'm ready for some fucking answers. Guess what? <laughs> no, oh, no. <laughs> it's just like, like side turning into like a whole nother realm of like. Fiction mm. that which I, I just, felt reading the book really yeah. I was like ooh this is so true crime esque and then all of a sudden it was like no but Stephen King still wrote it yeah. <laughs> is it um, gonna be a short series yeah. I mean I feel like they could have done this in in eight okay. eight episodes yeah. definitely and they also could have saved the, the thing that happens in episode two until like episode three or four yeah interesting yeah. I, something big happens mm, yeah. yeah um and like what I think it's a really good show. But also, in, in a critical assessment, sometimes there's some, like, wacky choices, you know? Oh, the timeline. They're doing their own whatever they want with a timeline. Yeah. Mm. It's like, a, it's sometimes it's a nonlinear timeline, and you, you kind of just have to figure out that, <laughs> that <laughs> okay. that's what you're watching. Yeah. And it's kind Does of, it get confusing? Yes. Yeah, it is. <laughs> okay. Yeah. I mean, yeah, because it's like, it's not like they chose a different, like color palette yeah. for the stuff that's in a different time it's it's all the same and then some of the like transition choices are kind of weird like there's like been a couple of times where the episode ends and we're like oh uh, oh, th- oh that's the end <laughs> mm-hmm. so not to you know rag on it yeah. too much I really like it and I can't mm-hmm. wait to find out what happens but I just thought that was kind of it could strange. be done better yeah yeah, yeah. I definitely wouldn't be watching it week by week if it weren't for Kimmy. Mm. I would probably be, I'd probably have watched the first two episodes and said, okay, and then yeah. come back when they're all out. Yeah. But this is, we, we love watching, having a show to watch. It's and fun to have like a, yeah. an appointment for something. That's like what that. we have right now. Yes. Yeah. A standing appointment with Jason Bateman. <laughs> yeah. Um. <laughs> <laughs> well, in speaking of The Outsider. <laughs> Kayleen finally showed me The Outsiders. <laughs> wow, I can't believe you've never seen it before. Oh, you've seen it? Yeah. Oh, it was yeah. really it in school. <laughs> it, <laughs> it was really fun because I, like, I knew she'd read the book, and which I think is part of why she was a little bit not excited to watch it. And as we start it, she goes, so what happens? Does this person die because of this thing? And I was like, oh, you don't remember anything. Bless. <laughs> I mean, to be fair, I read it when I was 11. Yeah. No, I mean, it makes sense. I yeah. just was very happy. Um, and it's and I didn't read it in school. Like, my mom just gave me that oh. book when I was, like, 11. And then by the time I got to middle school, we never read it. And That's I was pretty bummed because I was like, you guys don't know about Ponyboy and the Soches. <laughs> um, but it's been years, so I don't yeah. know about Ponyboy and the Soches. I feel like if I had read that not in school, I would have been walking around being like, you don't know about Ponyboy in the socks? The socks? <laughs> yeah. But my, because I read in school, they're like, it's so shit. My mom set me straight on that real fast. Okay. She was like, it's about these socias and the greasers. And I was like, cool. Um, but yeah, it was great. I really, I really liked it. There were some 
just beautiful cinematographies throughout. Yeah, we were pretty impressed with the, yeah. the what's the word, um, level of care. I just taken. can't think of good words right now, but yes, like, the, yeah, the level yeah. of care. Francis Ford Coppola, so that was pretty dope. Mm-hmm. Especially for him to take on, like, a children's book, essentially, yeah. and, and make it what it was, and I was just living for... All of the soft boys, <laughs> the like, soft boys, for for a whole book about you know we gotta we gotta stab that guy because he looked at us funny. <laughs> um, gosh, those boys cried a lot. Yeah, and That's they were the sensitive. They cuddled. Yeah. They cuddled so much. <laughs> the bromance is high. Yeah, it was so strong, and I was like, you know, like. <laughs> It's so strange how this is, like, such a dichotomy of, like, the most toxic form of Uh masculinity, and then everybody's just, like, a wee baby. Yeah, everybody (laughs) cries. Everybody cries. Love it. Um, So I I definitely think it's it's an interesting one to look at for, like, character and and how, you know, humans are complex. There were some wild choices throughout. There, well, on top of the cinematography being awesome, the editing is a little whack yeah. because of the time that it was made in. It's mm-hmm. like, we'll be getting this really serious monologue that is, you know, powerful, but then it's like zooming in on Ralph Macchio's eye, and I'm like, okay, <laughs> I don't need it. Or they would overlay like a photo of somebody... Oh, no. over the image. Kind of like those like dorky photos that people have where it's like you're looking off into the distance but then in the next one you're holding a clarinet. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Like, a lot of those shots. Yeah. But I, I still really liked it. I'm, I'm so glad that you liked it. I was happy with your responses as we were watching it. Yeah. And I haven't seen it in a minute um, and I was like, oh, that I remember exactly why I like this because it's just a bunch of little soft boys. <laughs> yeah. I remember definitely like shielding my face from the rest of the classroom while we watched that in school. <laughs> to cry. Crying. Yeah. That would have made fun of you. <laughs> I definitely watched it at an age where I was too young to be that in touch with my emotions. I, I don't even think when I watched it in school I cared about it that much, but then I watched it for the first time, like, in one sitting, not broken up in a classroom with all your peers, and I was like, oh, I love them! <laughs> I want to marry all of them! I'll close out this little section with the last thing that I watched on my own, because it was something I added to my watch list on the pod. I watched Florence Pugh in King Lear. Oh! Did you like that? I did, um... As Shakespearean tragedies go, it's definitely not my favorite. It's mm. no Macbeth. But um, <coughs> King Lear, like, I didn't know anything about it beyond a monologue by Cordelia. And I memorized that and would, like, use it for auditions. And then I'm watching it, and it's, like, the first scene. And it's oh. delivered by Florence Pugh. Oh. And then she leaves forever. No! <laughs> oh, no. Does she literally not come back at she all? She comes back. But she's, like, the heart of the story. Mm. Essentially what happens is King Lear is Anthony Hopkins. And I, like... I know that he's supposed to be, like, a, a foolish king who kind of goes mad, but in this context, it just seemed like it was senility. I was like, oh. oh, so you're super old, so you're behaving this way? And I don't know if that was the point of it, but his three daughters, one is Emma Thompson, oh. the other is Emily Watson from Chernobyl. She is oh, the, the one who is the also main scientist. In... Oh, her. Okay. Yeah, who, okay. like, gets the, the secret message at the yeah. beginning of the okay. show. And then Florence Pugh is the youngest, and it starts off with him being like, my daughters, who loves me the most? And the two of them are gushing, and they're like, I love you this much! I love you this much! I love you more than anything, Dad! So he like gives them all their land, and then he turns to Florence, and is like, how much do you love me? And she goes, enough. <laughs> like, you're my dad, I don't love you more than that, that's mm. gross. <laughs> and then he banishes her, oh. and like, 
hates her, and then obviously he left everything to like his two evil daughters, and they go yeah. they go straight up evil, mm-hmm. and they gouge out Slughorn's eyeballs. <laughs> oh, Slughorn's in it. Yes. Okay. And you then, know what? I feel like he's the only face I can see from King Lear. Get get ready for who else is in it. Uh, they show us his disgusting, gouged out bloody eyeballs for scene after scene after scene, and his sad, sad son is, like, following his dad around, pretending to not be his son, and, like, so that he can hang out with his dad, and it's Andrew Scott. (laughs) (laughs) Yes! I shit you not, I was going to say that name. Were you really? I should have said it. Yeah, you should have. My gut just always is like, don't say it, you big dumb idiot. I love it. I just felt it in my bones. Yeah. He's so good at Shakespeare. He is so good at Shakespeare, and and so he plays- What else has he done? I saw him in Hamlet. Oh! Yeah, it was like a four-hour version of Hamlet. Wow. That I saw in England, and that, I'll brag about that forever. Like, I'll brag about that. Oh, oh you saw it live. <laughs> I saw it live. Yes. And he was Hamlet, I assume? That's cool. His performance was great. Uh, Florence Pugh comes in at the end, uh, but I won't spoil why or how or anything, but she killed it. And she gets to be like the cover of the poster. That's oh, she didn't kill cool. anybody. That wasn't a She part. killed <laughs> it. <laughs> Sadly, no. Uh... But, you know, it's a tragedy. Yeah, once, yeah. Once I thought something good would happen at the end. Doesn't. <laughs> Typical yeah. shakes, am Typical I right? Typical shakes. Oh, Willie. Oh, Willie. Oh, Willie. Oh, Willie boy. That's what I watched this week. Awesome. All right, let's get into these questions. I'm ready. Questions for the movie Underwater. Which one do we want to do first? Let's start with the basic one. That's what I'm thinking. <laughs> start right. real basic. Question number one. <laughs> what is your favorite... Kristen Stewart movie. And so do how do we this, do like, this? Yes. Right, we're all <laughs> gonna fight to the death. So do we want to do like no honorable mentions allowed? That's kind of what I feel like. Ooh, scary because I wrote down four movies. What I wrote okay. down four movies too. <laughs> I wrote down three movies. What if we do this? We all say and talk about our one movie, and then we just kind of have a little mosh pit of things we love. Okay, I was gonna say I didn't. I didn't put them in any like. Here's my one, but oh, I'll I just see. I'll go with the one I wrote down first. Then okay. I guess. <sighs> Stress. Okay, go. Oh, I don't want to go first. You don't want to go first? Wow, I Which can't is believe funny you're forfeiting me. <laughs> Here's the thing. I'm not going to say the one that I think we're all thinking about. Oh, I'm not going to say that one. Okay. And yeah, and I just didn't want to call dibs on other ones, too, because I think you and I might have similar answers. Okay. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. This is hard. This is this is the our, our polite version of, <laughs> of, like, don't anybody Well, it's because we know our answers are limited, so it's like, it's not fair to, to be like, oh, I get this one. Yeah, here, let's let Kimmy talk about the emotional one that I think she wants okay, to talk about. Okay, I'm going to go. Still Alice? Okay, yes. <laughs> okay. My answer... That would be my favorite movie. My favorite okay, movie on the whole. And okay. I I know that she's not... Let's all not, just talk about Still Alice. Yeah. She's not, like, super heavily, like, featured mm-hmm. in it, but I think the performance that she does do in it is, like, really good um, because there's realism in it, and also she's an actor in the movie, and she gets right. to do Three Sisters. Oh, yeah. And, and she, her performance of that is really good. I like her performance of just a reading her mom the monologue from Angels in America. Yeah. At the end. Mm-hmm. What an amazing way to end it. So good. And yeah, we know the story. Like, we all, like, ball outside of the theater <laughs> for, like, several hours after it's finished. Mm-hmm. It's just such a good film altogether, like... You know, yeah. I, I know we're supposed to be talking about Kristen Stewart, but Julianne Moore is just, Oh, you know. of course. I think that the subtlety that Kristen gives in her performance is very important for boosting Julianne Moore's performance. Yeah. Because you need those people around you to be sad so that we can be sad with you. Yeah. 
And also to just kind of take it in stride, too, because Kristen's not bawling her eyes out every time her mom is messing yeah. something up. You Instead, can't. You can't. Um, and I mean, like, the way that, like, Alec Baldwin gets frustrated with mm-hmm. her, or oh, she, ju- she just sees her mom for who she is, and it just kind of, like, is what yeah. it is by yeah. the end of it. Yeah. And you have to struggle with the fact that you could have it. Yeah. Oh my gosh, and she doesn't want to know. Yeah. That's a great character arc that the, like her other siblings get tested to see yeah. if they have it, and she's like, not going to mm-hmm. do that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So why would you? It's scary. And you're a ticking time bomb. That part where the mom doesn't recognize her after the play. She's like, you did so good. Are, are you in other things? Remember? <laughs> yeah. And she's like, it's me, mom. <laughs> I'm like, fuck. <laughs> That's that horrible. Yeah. yeah. All right, well, that was my answer. Okay, what well, one do you want to talk about? Uh, I wanted to talk about American Ultra. Yes, good. Be, okay, that cool. was on my list, too. Good, because <laughs> I still have one that no one's saying. Oh, yet. cool. Okay. Um, so, that's just one of the most... I've mentioned it briefly on here before. I think I gave it as a recommendation once. Um, but I just think that's one of the most unique movies I've ever seen. And I thought it was really fun. I love her chemistry with Jesse Eisenberg. I think they both do an amazing job. And there's just something about... The writing is really good and creative and clever. It It's one of those movies where sometimes it'll jump you back and forth between serious and sad or, like, funny and sad. Mm-hmm. But almost in... I just remember watching it with Kimmy and there being this scene where they're stoned and Jesse Eisenberg is talking about how he feels like he's a tree. And it starts out really funny, but I who had seen it before knew where it was going. And it's so like I'm a sitting car over accident, there, right? Yeah. And so I'm sitting over there, like about to cry, and Kimmy's laughing, and then all of a sudden, you just realize what he's actually starting to say, and it gets really depressing. And she was like, "Wait, what? Like, <laughs> I thought this was a funny high time, you know?" Yeah. yeah. So I just I think the writing is really good. The colors are really fun. The whole concept is just wild. It was just one of those movies that stuck with me, yeah. and I really like watching it. I really think that that movie was marketed incorrectly. Agreed. Like, oh, yeah. You know, I barely heard about it. I thought it was going to be some kind of, like, Chuck-style, like, like I went into this movie thinking that it was going to be kind of like that, like, mm. he smokes magic weed and now he can do <laughs> martial arts or something like oh, that. Okay. But it's not a, at, at all. Yeah. He's like a sleeper agent. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And um, I was like, wow, this movie took a turn, and and yeah, it gets really emotional, and I was like, I was not prepared for that. Yeah. And their relationship's so well written. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's super good. Yeah. And I like how they leave it, too, mm-hmm. if you remember. Okay, um, my answer that I just, I put, I did put this one at the top of my four, mm. um, and Kayleen's seen it, and we'll have stuff to say. Maybe you've seen it, too, Kimmy. But speak. That was on my list too. I have seen it. I watched oh, awesome. it in health class in Did like, you? in freshman year. See, I would have been uncomfortable. I would have been so upset to watch it with my peers uh, and with a bunch of like people who would probably laugh at yeah. stuff that's not funny. Mm-hmm. Um, but Lori Hall Sanderson was my favorite author for a really long time, um, especially in high school, and I got to meet her. I'd obviously seen Speak like in my high school times, and that just connected with me on such a level. Mm-hmm. And I think Kristen Stewart was, like, born to play that part. Yeah. People are going to criticize her for, like, what she does. Like, then why not play somebody who's experienced, like, this level of trauma and doesn't speak and is so closed off. And yeah. you, I, I love the flashbacks where you see her as, like, a really happy young kid and who is social and has all this stuff going for her. And then something happens that breaks her. And, and it just... It's terrible that that's mm-hmm. what, what happens. And she delivers such a great performance. 
Uh, her mom is Elizabeth Perkins, who's from Sharp Objects. <laughs> Ooh, uh-huh. And also Weeds. That's what I love her from. And then, like, Steve Zahn as her teacher is amazing. Right. Yeah, I love that movie. Yeah. And it's still available to watch in parts on YouTube. Yes, the way it should be watched. <laughs> the way it should be. <laughs> Don't go get the DVD. The way God intended it. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's a really good point about... Especially if we were still, I mean, she's definitely gotten, I think, mostly out of that hole where people dislike her, you know, like she's at least, I know a lot of people still hate on her. I'm just saying, like, I think she's at least starting to get roles where it's like, no matter what, she's sticking around, so deal with it. I know, right? Um, She she just won Actress of the Decade. Yeah, that's not surprising. She did. She's like one of the most accomplished young actresses of our time. But yeah, so I just wanted to say that I think that's a good point that... If we were still in that prime Hayden Kristen Stewart time, I think that's a good movie to look at and say, well, they really knew how to use all of her strengths and weaknesses yeah. because they both help that character. Mm-hmm. I'm proud to say I was never on that train. Yeah. Nope. Not for even a second. Nope. Loved her always. Loved her always. <laughs> really did. Fight me. Yeah. Yeah. And her, she's a, she's an indie movie queen. Yeah. Mm-hmm. She's so comedic on Saturday Night Live. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. And she's in one of the most successful franchises ever made, so I'm sure she's just, like, wiping away your tears with $100 bills. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) White boy tears on those hundos. Oh, here you go. Do you need a Kleenex? (laughs) And do we want to talk, like, any honorable mentions or anything? Those were actually all the three I I wanted to keep mine for my recommendation at the end. Oh. Well, then I'm scared to talk more because I'm scared you have that as your recommendation. Cool. Alrighty, moving on to question numero dos. I'll say this one because I phrased it weird. (laughs) Okay, hear me out. (laughs) Hear me out. Second question. Two of two. Name an action movie that would otherwise be considered forgettable by critics, but has some dope shots. I would kind of like to go first. I No, I'm scared. <laughs> I don't think you guys will have mine, but it's the only answer I have, and if you for some reason do, I'm gonna be so Okay. Upset. I feel like you might have it, but I'll let I'll let you go. <laughs> okay. Kayleen here. My answer is wanted. Oh, oh my no. gosh! No, that's not I'm my answer. I'm so mad I didn't think of that. That's <laughs> phenomenal. Thank that you. Really good. I'll be here all day. <laughs> Until seven thirty when I have to leave. Oh my gosh. That's Exactly the kind of thing I was trying to think of in Thank my head. Thank you. Mm-hmm. You uh, take it away, young lady. That is that is have does have some dope shots. So yeah. dope. That's like all it is. <laughs> dope shots. What else is there? Um, wanted and two, starring dope shots and two hot people. Yeah. yeah. Um, wanted. So I think to prove my point even more, I've seen this movie once. I barely remember anything about it except for a couple dope shots and bullet curving. Mm-hmm. Um, so my favorite shot, which it might even be in the trailer, but I just remember being like, oh, the creativity <laughs> is when I think James McAvoy is like running, fighting people or something. I don't know. I forget. <laughs> and he's like fighting people and Angelina Jolie like comes in her Mustang or whatever, and she skirts, and he just sits in the car perfectly. Oh, and yeah. she's, like, yeah. skirting around in a circle. He's just, like, sits in the open door. I, I don't know how to explain it better than that, but it's so cool. He gets to keep his legs. It's great. Yeah, his <laughs> legs are still there. He's just sitting now, and it was flawless. Um, also, bullet curving was cool. <laughs> what a creative, stupid Ridiculous thing. idea. <laughs> <laughs> Um, I just thought that was very cool, and it really is, it's just like, two hot people slinging guns, and it was really, but it, James was 
not even really hot yet. He was cute face. And he's got like a, a stutter and he's like really nervous and yeah. stuff. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, who wouldn't be around Adelina Jolie? Right? Mm-hmm. Love yeah. it. You can go next. Okay. This yeah. one, I was just worried about Kayleen having this one. But... Now I'm worried. Okay. okay. <laughs> you have four answers. Here it is. Here it is. It's mine. No, no. It Stop. I don't think so. Um, this movie doesn't necessarily have bad ratings um, by critics. It just, I don't think that it got and gets the recognition that it deserves. Gordon looks mine. so angry. My answer is Atomic Fuck Blonde. Fuck you! I'm kidding! <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Shouldn't have let you go. Atomic Should have been selfish. <laughs> Good answer, Kimmy. <laughs> Atomic Blonde but uh, starring Charlize Theron. Get away from I totally me. agree with that. It's like, yeah, it's I thought so Kimmy would steal from me and then I got, I felt good. <laughs> I, again, I don't remember a lot about the movie. I do remember that she does all of her own stunts, pretty mm-hmm. much. And that there's, like, a one shot where she, they just continuously fight. Mm-hmm. She fights the bad guys. And what I really loved about it is that they get tired. Yeah. You know? Yes. And um, that's, like, incredibly realistic and um, really comedic also, mm-hmm. you know? Um James McAvoy. James McAvoy is in it. He's a sexy beast in it. Right. She just made me, I remember we watched it and I was like, she just makes me want to take baths and drink vodka straight. Right. Yeah. Okay. That was my answer. Cool. Two. So it's fine. That's it for questions this week. Moving into underwater. Kayleen, what do you think this movie is about? Okay. I have seen the trailer a couple times in theaters, and that's all that I'm going off of. So here we go. Let's start at the beginning. (laughs) (laughs) We got Case 2. I'm going to assume she's the protagonist. I'm not going to guess her name. Probably something basic. It is. Let's guess it. It's Alice. Okay. Her name is Alice, and she is going to start on her. It's going to be, maybe it's even in the past. So she's like, Man, I can't wait to be a marine biologist. <laughs> and she's working her way through school and meets, what's that guy's name? TJ Miller. Yeah. And his name is Bub. And because <laughs> he's one of those kind of guys who's just like your quirky best friend, but he also is has been friend zoned by you and wants to get at you. So they're buddies, and then they end up getting into the same the same job. And the same like, submarine. <laughs> they get in the same ocean. And they're like, <laughs> working at some place. I want to say they have some boring job, but they're both like, striving to be something better. I, I feel like it's going to go about these, I just know nothing about, first of all, about marine biology, but second, about like fake sci-fi marine biology. Oh. So I feel like there's going to be a lot of setup. To kind of establish the world and maybe some of our rules of, like, the sci-fi stuff. I know that you're not a marine biologist. You might not know anything about the ocean. <laughs> yeah. But if you were to guess where this takes place. Oh. Based so, on like, your limited like, knowledge of oceans. Like where on land it takes place? No, we're underwater. Where underwater might we be? The Marianas Trench? Yeah. Whoa, <laughs> is that what I did? Guess yeah. that. Because that's like the only thing underwater. <laughs> it's like, it's either that or the Bermuda Triangle. Okay. We yeah, laughed when we found that out because we know you love that band. Yeah, the band. <laughs> Shout out Marianas Trench. <laughs> yeah, okay. That's cool. So I want to say it's like, because it, it seems like this movie is almost... It's just, like, space, but it's underwater. It seems like they're kind of dealing with the same types of adventures yeah. as you would in space, but they're underwater. 
I want to say that it would be like if NASA had a special, you know, like when we were going to the moon, it's like you have a task force that's designed to do that. So they all end up maybe even applying for the task force to go to the bottom of Mariana's Trench because they finally made a submarine that can go down there or they finally made scuba equipment that can go down there. And they're going to go down there. I think there's going to be a lot of shots in the dark. And they're going to encounter monsters, obviously. This seems like the kind of movie that, unfortunately, isn't going to be nice and coy with their monsters. I think once we see monsters, we're going to see a lot of monsters. Okay. And I think people are for sure going to die. I'm going to guess TJ Miller for sure dies. And Case Stu probably lives, unless they're going to set it up for, like, a sequel, in which case maybe we'd see her disappearing into the... ocean at the end or something and I want to say but if that doesn't happen then I want to say she makes it back to the surface maybe there's even something crazy like she has memory loss and they're or like too much PTSD and they're like tell us about your findings and she's like everyone's dead I got the bends (laughs) (laughs) and then she holds up like a tooth from the creature and she's like put this in the machine Put this in a museum. <laughs> what machine, Kayleen? Like the a machine DNA scanner? <laughs> yeah. To tell you what creature it is. The monster finder. Yeah. This, this came in... back as an elephant tusk. <laughs> Put this in the monster finder 3000. <laughs> That's the movie, I think. Wow. Oh my gosh. I'm trying to think of, like, maybe some leading questions just to get some more answers out of yeah. you. If Kristen Stewart is on a team underwater, how many people do you think are on the team? Like, main characters. Uh, six. Six? I'm going to say six main characters, and then there's other people helping from the surface. Okay, so you think they have contact with the surface. Yeah, and or that we, like, meet a bunch of people in the beginning, but then when it actually gets to expedition time, there's only, like, six people. Okay, dokie. Describe the monsters for me. They're real big. I think they give off a vibe of an angler fish. Oh, nice. With, like, a weird light that you can kind of see glimmering in the distance, and they have weird, scary teeth, and angler fish just look like creatures that have been, like, molding underwater, so I yeah. feel like that's what this would look they like. They look it's... like the bottom, don't they? Yeah. I think. They yeah. look ratch. They're, they're deep sea <laughs> fish, for sure. Yeah, yeah, and I feel like if you're that far underwater, you just gotta look a little messed up. So... <laughs> It would be funny if they were just comically, like, an anglerfish, but with, like, tiny human legs or something. <laughs> like a giant head. What's the word? When we saw the Deadpool panel at Comic-Con, and he's talking yeah. about his little baby oh, legs, yeah. he called them sinister. <laughs> My sinister little baby legs. Well, I think he said... Because originally they wanted to have his baby legs have, like, the Deadpool scars. And he was like, those legs were sinister. (laughs) (laughs) And they just went, like, with toddler legs. Disgusting. Awesome. All right, let's get into this. Underwater. The movie opens with trailers. (laughs) Wow. Kimmy is in the theater watching the trailers. Mm -hmm. I am getting myself a beverage. (laughs) What happens after I order the beverage? The man behind the counter says, what are you watching today? And I say, underwater. Let me guess. He's going to be a white boy and complain about Kristen Stewart? To which he goes, ugh, can't stand Kristen Stewart. Uh. And 
I was not down for it. I just, I straight up was like, she's amazing and I'm really excited for it. And I just, I think standing my ground and saying that, he was like, no, I know, I get that people like her, and I was just, and he, like, started to go off on, like, but there's, like, other movies, and I was like, I've literally seen everything else. I have a podcast, I enjoy film, you shut up, you're a peasant, I used to work in this movie theater, too. <laughs> get me Anthony, what's the guy's name we like? Oh, yeah. Get me Emily, she's our best friend. I know, I miss Emily, yeah. The movie opens. Kimmy, take it away. All right, it starts. It's case two o'clock. Ooh. We say in unison in the theater. We really did. Did you really? Yeah. Oh, we turned to each other and we were like, it's case two o'clock, it's bitches. Case two o'clock. <laughs> did you say bitches? I need to know. I, I didn't say bitches. We no. screamed that at all the men in the theater. <laughs> <laughs> I went back to the bar, screamed at the man in the face. Gosh. Go ahead. All right. The opening credits are of like maps and cartographies and schematics and stuff like that. And they're all indicating that we are about to be, like, the, that the movie is set at the Marianas Trench. Along with, like, other academic journal stuff, it's all, like, overlaid over the credits, and it shows how they're gonna do a deep dive into the ocean, and it's led by a number of scientists, and some of the scientists, like, news reports kind of flash up, and it's like, they've experienced hallucinations and delusions and other phenomenon. It's very cryptic. And uh, it's kind of like setting the mood. But then we get into what is like this underground station. Kind of like space station, but it's just like... It's all... You could easily under, take this whole movie and put it in space. There's no reason for it. Under, we're we're underwater. always underwater. Underwater. Oh, okay. Oh, Sorry. so yeah, your predictions of it starts... At, there's We're never above the surface. Wow. No, yeah, we're always on this station. Surprise. Surprise. We are on the Kepler submarine. And I lean over to Courtney and I said... My God, if they don't start on Kristen Stewart, this is going to be a waste. And then they did. <laughs> She's kind of like doing a narration at the beginning. She And like this is kind of paraphrasing, but she says, you lose all sense of day and night, being underwater. There's only awake and dreaming. That sucks. Yeah. And she says, he didn't believe in time, only moments. He was a comfort to my cynicism. And she's saying all this while she's brushing her teeth. Is this about TJ? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. <laughs> We don't know. It's an ambiguous he. Mm-hmm. Uh, she's brushing her teeth, and she's in a sports bra, and she has that blonde buzz cut and glasses. I know exactly which part you're she talking about. She looks freaking awesome. She's so hot. And <laughs> I did read that she buzzed her hair for this movie. Oh, interesting. Which was shot in 2017. Isn't that crazy? Yeah, I found oh. that too, that she it was shot so long ago. And it was also like before the, I'm assuming it's because of the Disney Fox merger. It is. It that is. it got like stuck in limbo. Oh. Yeah. So it's old. I was, oh, okay. That yeah. makes sense. So... Case Stu looks hot. She's doing great. She's looking on the sink counter, and there's so a- basically we can thank this movie for giving us the sexiest Kristen Stewart because now her hair is right at the perfect length. You Question: what? what is the sexiest Kristen Stewart? All I think it was the her. SNL host most recently. That's that's no, a pretty sexy. No, version. the first SNL host. I disagree. She's I her sexiest this year. I strongly disagree. Court. <laughs> <laughs> Order! Yeah. I would like to meet you outside at the end of this recording. And I'm it will be 12.30 a.m. Beat your ass, because Totino's forever. <laughs> More like you Totino's like the way she no looks ever. In the Totino's skit? No, that monologue really does it for me, though. Yeah. Funny. Funny, funny, funny. Honestly, when she had dark hair during, like, the... It was, like, kind of towards the end of the Twilight slash yeah. Huntsman. Oh, so yeah, like, yeah. the Huntsman era, and she, like, would always, like... 
pull it around. I definitely for sure did my hair like that every damn day. Mm, well. So anyways, on the counter there's like a daddy long leg spider and she kind of looks at it in the sink and she saves it. Even though they're seven miles underwater, somehow there's a spider on their ship. That sucks. So it must have gone down there with him. Or it's a water spider. Uh, after she saved this little spider, insane explosion. It is like starting, starting against... Starting off with a bang, Seriously. You know what I mean. It's against one of the walls. Death staring Kimmy. <laughs> oh, I've, I actually, I pulled a Kayleen and wrote in quite a few puns. Yes. I hate puns more than anything. It's the lowest form of comedy. <laughs> All right. <laughs> anyways. The so greatest it, of insults. Oh, gosh, I already came at her for her Kristen Stewart taste. Pow, Sorry. I love you Judge. more than anything, Kayleen. I love you more than anything. So it starts against one wall and it bursts and then water starts to like pour through the walls and it really more looks like pipes exploding like it's these little bursts Mm. as opposed to like kaboom it's gone but it's flooding fast she runs down this hallway and we see a man standing at the other end and she's as she's going through the hallway she's banging on everybody's walls and like their cabins uh yelling at them to wake up like get up you have to go it's Mm -hmm. an emergency get up um and she's sprinting towards this guy and they continue along through this long hallway before reaching what is kind of like a locking chamber. And she's yelling and yelling for all these people at the end of the hallway to start to run. And she's yelling, hurry, while the guy that she's with is saying, close the door. The door is kind of not functional. It's Ugh. got like a keypad and everything. But she's something of a mechanic or an engineer. And she breaks open this little door on it. She starts hacking. And she's ready to be able to lock the door to close the chamber. She really wants to wait for those who are running towards her. She absolutely does. She just can't. The guy and the computer are both yelling at her, and it's so sad because she really is waiting for them, and she's screaming at them to keep running. It's like two people. Is it, is it the flood or the fire that's going to reach the door? Oh, there's no fire. By no. explosion, oh, I mean okay. underwater, like, bursting. Like, like, they are at the bottom of the ocean. Mm-hmm. It's going to implode any second. Mm-hmm. Um, and... She's screaming at them to come, but the guy and the computer are like, you have to close it now, and she closes the door on them. No. At the very How last minute. How many people minute. do you see running? Like two. two. Oh, okay. And you know there's more, because they just yeah, haven't yeah. gotten out. It's late at night. They haven't yeah. gotten out of their so bunks case yet. So K-Stu was like, barely made it. Yeah, yeah. she oh, barely yeah. made it. Her and the only other guy are the only people. When he's telling her, like, you gotta save the rest of the people. You okay. have to do this. Yeah. You gotta sacrifice this amount to save this amount. You gotta do it. This is one part of the station. Uh-huh. And the whole rest of it exists. So she closes the door, and the computer says, structure failure imminent. And then we're transported into this exterior shot underwater of this whole part of the vessel straight up just crunching. Yuck. It's instantaneous. The pressure just completely squishes it together, except for the part that we know that Kristen and the other guy are safe within. So it's really interesting, too. It's, like, fast, and it just looks like squeeze. Yeah. And it's completely crunched. And then we have, from the other side of the door that she's just locked, our first dope slow-mo shot of Kristen being blasted on the other side of the door from all of this pressure, and she's flying through the air. It's slow-mo, and it's, it's, I love it. Mm-hmm. Like, this is why we have those dope shots. There was oh, some moments where I literally was just like, yes! Yeah. They wake up because they were unconscious, and they're kind of got cuts and bruises on them and stuff, but... Oh, yeah, she's got that dope cheek scar. Yeah, she's this mm-hmm. cheek scar for the rest of the For the whole movie. movie. Ooh. Um, the next dialogue, like, lines established that, you know, it wasn't her fault, and the guy's really supportive of her, you had to do it, um, and then the guy says her name, and her name is Nora, and she is a mechanical engineer. The guy that she's with is named Rigo, 
It's short for Rodrigo. And he's played by Mamadou Achi, who is uh, the guy from Sorry for Your Loss. He's also the guy in Patty Cakes. We saw both of those together. And you know him from this one, though. Unicorn Sword. Oh, the, 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 oh. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Okay. He tells her that she actually saved everyone else on the vessel by closing the door, so he's just trying to make her feel better about the sacrifice. Um, Nora suspects that maybe it was an earthquake that caused the burst Mm, and the explosion. Interesting. And they start to walk around through the sub. There's rubble everywhere, and they're trying to find a way to get to some other, like, location-finding area. They're like, we need to find out where we are. We need to see if there's, like, suits or skate pods or something like Mm -hmm. that. We have to do it. Um, And in the rubble, they hear um, TJ, quote, the comedic relief Miller. (laughs) His name's Paul. Yeah. I like it for him. (laughs) Oh, right out the gate. Here we go. She helps to pull him out, and he says... Oh, God. This is one of, like, those classic weeks. Thanks for that, Laura. Oh, my gosh. (laughs) That's not what he says. They're friends. (laughs) No, but but we get... Gosh, I don't even know if I can say this. Like, I want to say it, but it's so funny. He gets free from the rubble, and he says, Nora, you sweet, flat-chested elfin creature. Um, no, I loved it. I loved it. It's like, it, it, and we, you, it's pretty like obvious that they're really good friends, yeah. and she yeah. embraces him, and they're happy to see each other. So okay. it's kind of just like the way that they talk. But what other, other way to refer to Kristen Stewart? Yeah, I was like, hundred percent. That's exactly how I describe her. And honestly, that might have been the only line of his I was on board with. Yeah, because mm-hmm. the rest of it is just straight up shtick. They keep walking through the rubble. Now there's three of them, and they eventually get to this place where they have to crawl through because it's really. It's destroyed and damaged mm. and ceilings are falling down, so they have to crawl through it. It's, like, such a claustrophobic part. So the part. whole ship is getting fucked up. Oh, yeah. Well, I mean, it was jostled around by the explosion, so everything's mm. not in tip-top shape. I see. You know? It also kind of seems like an old ship to begin <laughs> with. Like, mm-hmm. I'm looking at the paint job, and I'm like, why would you live down there if it already looks that bad? Interesting. <laughs> yeah. It gets, like, even more claustrophobic as they go on. It's getting tinier and tinier, and they pass some dead bodies that are in there that got hit by some of the rubble and stuff. And they even recognize one of them as, like, one of their engineer friends. And she has to, like, crawl right past its body. And um, that was her friend. Uh, They finally reach the bridge, and there they meet Vincent Cassell. That's the name of the actor. He plays the captain. He's the guy from Black Swan, the... If I were only casting the white swan. <laughs> he's like the director guy? He's the director of the black swan. Yeah. <laughs> I and, mean, he's um, kind of creeps. He scares me. Yeah. And John Gallagher Jr. <laughs> Not scary. <laughs> was he He was in the trailer, wasn't he? I think I so. I feel like he was, but he also... He for a split second because I was like, wait, he's in this? You no, know, I was still pleasantly surprised when we were in the theater watching. Yeah. yeah. I think I have a vague memory of this. And Mama do. I was like really excited to see him. Yeah. Yeah. There's another girl, too, who TJ refers to as the intern... So, um, good job, Kayleen. There are six people that we're going to... Oh! Yeah. Exactly six. Good for you. (laughs) Uh, the captain, he asks, on a scale of one to ten, how bad is my ship? And Nora says, ten. (laughs) It's pretty bad. Mm. And she asks him, why didn't you leave? You've got a family. And he says, I didn't leave because it's what a captain should do. And I don't know why, but I found this fishy. What? No pun intended. 
Something about this captain, like him just being like, I, I couldn't leave, I didn't leave. I don't mm. know why, but maybe it's just like the swarminess of Vincent Cassell himself. Yeah, yeah. Every line he delivered, I was just kind of like, mm. Interesting. That's so I weird, feel like, I didn't have that impression of him. And what's also funny too is I'm giving you these notes as if like, these are notes I know down well. Right, watching. right. Yeah. Kind of like I did with Serenity. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Also like, when they arrive and find him, he's in the chamber where the escape pods are supposed to be and they say, oh, oh there's no escape pod. Shit, and he's kind of just sitting in there with his head in his hands, and they try to get his attention, and he doesn't turn around, and it all seems a little bit uh, ominous. But then they do away with that pretty interesting. quick. More details about who these people are: John Gallagher Jr. is dressed like a hippie, and the gal who's there is dressed like she shops at Pac Sun. I'm oh. very confused by their wardrobes. I'm like, aren't you supposed to be scientists? Hmm. What's happening here? And their names are Smith, who is John Gallagher Jr., and Emily, who is some other lady. These are rather basic names. Nora, Paul, Captain, <laughs> Smith, and Emily. You yeah, Rigo. Rigo's oh, fine, Rigo. except for Rod Rigo is still, like, a pretty common name. So the whole gang knows that the only way that they can survive is if they get to another station that's nearby called Roebuck. And it's one mile walk away from their current station. And TJ Miller makes, like, some dumb, quippy thing um, that makes me think that he, like, really writes his own lines. Oh, no. It's pretty stupid. They they probably just, like, set him loose, and they're like, say whatever you want. That's probably true. I don't doubt it, to be honest. It seems very improvised. A lot Um, of his parts... I mean, I don't dislike TJ Miller. I get that he's, like, often the same guy, but I think with people like that, I can't imagine... That you don't improvise a lot because why are you the same guy and everything? Yeah. It's funny because like his start too is Cloverfield, which is first person mm. camera work. So I feel like a lot of it must have just been him like on the fly saying whatever he wants. Yeah. Basically everything TJ Miller says is exactly like his Cloverfield character. Yeah. And also we didn't we didn't put this in our notes, but his character has some weird thing where he keeps making literary references. Mm. Like he keeps quoting Alice in Wonderland. He keeps quoting Ten Thousand Leagues Under the Sea. But then like he's he's played like a an idiot stoner, and you know he's not because he's obviously like a serious marine biologist. Yeah. It just, it's a very flat T.J. Miller character of like, just trust that this guy belongs where he is, and they, even though he's still a dunce. And they just wrote a couple interesting things to make you try to be convinced he's three-dimensional. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Exactly. So before they decide to set out on this journey, they listen to a recording. They say, hey, wait, what is the sound? What What is this, you guys? And they click it on, and it's like... Sounds from a different part of the ship. Sounds like aliens. Yeah. I said it sounds kind of like heptapod noises. It's yep. very mm. much like the big wah-wahs Got from it. Arrival. And also it's like a computer in the background saying, like, this is not a drill. Oh. They know now that they have to make it to the Roebuck station. And there is a smash cut to the suit room where all the space scuba suits are. And there is the most ridiculous needle drop moment ever. Where all of a sudden this loud rock song is blaring and it totally doesn't fit the mood. And I was like, oh gosh, why did this director do it? But then it's revealed that T.J. Miller put it on. Oh my goodness. (laughs) Like he's like, oh sorry, I wanted to set the mood. And like the music stops immediately. Oh, that's funny. (laughs) Yeah, but um bum Yeah, exactly. He apologizes. Uh, Emily, who is, who he called the intern earlier. She's not. She's just young and like new to the show. Got it. Um, she's distracted by all these crazy foreshadowing murals on the walls. These oh. paintings of these big old tentacles and sailors dying. Hi, what is this, Midsummer? That's literally oh what God. I wrote. She literally wrote that on the screen. What is me. this, Midsummer? <laughs> 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 
it. I took it. Um, nom nom. I can't believe you said that verbatim. <laughs> what wow. is this midsummer? That's so weird. I was like, will you ever know to that? Okay. <laughs> That's awesome. Yep. What is this midsummer? Um, she's interrupted by K. Stu saying, Emily, take off your pants. They won't fit in the suit. <laughs> oh my god. Jeez, the sexual tension. Yeah, it was a very sexually charged line. Um, so they all start getting undressed, and it's a cut to, like, a butt in underwear, and at first I was super annoyed. But then it's revealed that the underoos are all tattered, and it's actually TJ's ass. (laughs) (laughs) And I laughed and said, yay, 2020, women ain't being sexualized this time. Yeah. So TJ Miller's completely suited up, and he's holding this child stuffed animal rabbit, um, he kisses it and then stuffs it down his suit because comedic relief. Also, TJ, rabbits are so 2019. Yeah. Have you seen mm-hmm. us? Have you seen JoJo? Anyways. That's true. Nora is kind of like... Well, this was done in 2017. <laughs> true. So. They were ahead of their time. <laughs> um, so Nora is like laying against the suit and it's kind of like locking onto her in different ways. Trying to, like, picture it exactly, but basically it felt like this super subtle Captain America hot body reveal. Oh. Like, her, you know, like, she's she's wearing just, like, underwear and, like, a sports bra and her abs are showing and she's, like, getting suited up and it was dope. Mm. And there's our second dope shot. <laughs> um, but it's actually not that. It's this overhead shot of all six of them standing in their, like, really big astronaut suits, but in this circle. And it's completely overhead. And they just kind of look like this dial that's about to start spinning. It's, it's pretty neat. I loved it a lot. It's just them all getting ready to go out on this mission. Um, don't quote me on this number, but I'm pretty sure that I read it. They actually wore suits for shooting, and they were 140 pounds. Yuck. So Emily is, like, freaking out. She's like, I don't think I can do this. She's this weighs like, 140 pounds. I'm suffocating. <laughs> <laughs> She's just real, the, you know, everything's kind of damaged. She's, like, worried about dying. Like, She's they, our spastic character. Yeah. She's freaking out. She's definitely having, like, a breakdown. And Smith reassures her that the mission is going to feel like when you're on a roller coaster. It's mm-hmm. fine. It's all anticipation, but it'll be okay. Question for you is, predict their death order and who, if anyone, will survive. Ooh, okay. So we have um, Nora. We have Rigo. We have Paul. We have Emily. We have Smith. And then who's the other one with the boring name? <laughs> oh, Captain. I forgot about <laughs> Captain. Yeah, exactly. Okay. Okay. So, well, I feel like Emily probably dies first. Ooh, or she's going to be, it's going to be one of those things where she causes somebody else's death because of her fragility. Mm -hmm. Scary. So if that's the case, that will probably be the first person to die. So I'm going to go with, okay, I'm just going to, I'm just going to go for it. I'm going to say she causes the death of, I just feel like the captain's going to stick around because we don't care about him (laughs) or he's up to something. So she causes the death of Rigo and then she's next to go because get her out of there. And then it's going to be Captain. Then it's going to be, ooh, I bet there's going to be like a more dramatic death with TJ and I think K. Stu, a.k.a. Nora and Smith are going to get out. I just feel like they're going to end up, you know how sometimes that happens in horror movies? It's like the main two don't survive, but there's like a new kinship Hope that was clear to listeners. When did you, <laughs> I really when did you say the jury. captain died? Journey. Or did you never say he died? I said he died right before uh, Paul. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Whew. So, uh-oh, 
They make it one second oh, outside no. of the station. Oh, no. And the pressure starts to crack Rigo's helmet. Oh! Yeah, that's. I was upset because I was like, there's no way in this day and age that they're going to take the stereotypical route of killing the black yeah. actor. We first. just. We met him first, you know, yeah. alongside Kristen Stewart. There's no way. Yeah. Well, lo and behold. Crazy. I mean, it's it's really sad, too, because there are these cracks on his helmet, and he's looking all around at oh. his friends, and you just know it's coming, but you don't, because me and Kimmy are sitting there, I'm like, no. Yeah. Why yeah. would he die? Yeah. Suddenly, uh, he completely explodes. Ugh. He implodes, really. Yeah, but also explodes. So <laughs> I guess, I guess my question here is, do we think that something was wrong with his helmet? Why aren't the others exploding? Well, like I said, everything's kind of damaged. I don't okay. think that these suits have been used. He yeah, picked the wrong helmet, saying, essentially. No. Just, um, just fate, I guess. Yeah, and it totally sucks that he dies first, and I really hope there was some sort of scheduling conflict where it was that he couldn't be around <laughs> yeah. for filming. And so, once I found out this movie was filmed in 2017, I was like, okay, so sorry for your loss was being filmed? No, it wasn't. Mm. I, I hope Patty Cakes was, but also at this point I'm just like, really? Yeah. Like, what what year is it that that's the route that you're going to go with? Um, it still seems like not very much <sighs> movie has happened for no, there to barely, be people dying, let alone the black character. Yep. That being said, the deaths in this movie are actually really strong. Mm-hmm. Because after that happens, it's also similar to, like, other space deaths that you might see, where really it's all about the pressure yeah. and point zero 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 one seconds can suddenly ruin it all mm-hmm. he immediately implodes because of it but then we're like in the water so he oh. kind of his, his body parts. chunks are drifting yeah, like yeah. an eyeball like passes oh by my. emily's face it's she starts so screaming. so sad he's just drifting all over his his teammates yeah it's un- oh it's so bad it's so bad oof Next, it's revealed that Nora is straight, which is a major disappointment. <laughs> I'm sorry, but, like, this is the worst transition <laughs> didn't, ever. Didn't you just tell Emily to take her pants off? She did. <laughs> yes. Aren't you rocking that buzz cut and that sports bra <laughs> like no other lesbian could? <laughs> nope, she's straight. And she looks at a photo of some guy who is her lover or something. Um, oh, when, it's none of the guys we know. No. No, but How some boring. guy. boring. Snooze fest. She pulls it out once they make it to the next checkpoint, and they're, like, in another station. Okay. Yeah. They're in this other part of a ship, and it's very re- reminiscent of a space station, but, you know, underwater. <laughs> um, they need to know if they can get somewhere else, and also, like, it's that it's the Roebuck. They need to get to it. But as they're looking kind of at where to go... They see something floating on the radar. And after Rigo's death, this feels really risky to go looking for somebody else just because it's like you want to go out into there as little as you can. Yeah. But Paul... They're like, what if it's a survivor? They, yeah, of course. Like, they think it's a body. Paul volunteers to go alone. And he makes a big deal out of sacrificing himself. Like, he's being funny, you know, going on and on about it. And he says to, I think it's Emily, it might be someone else, but he takes that, you know, ridiculous stuffed animal he brought with him. It's actually cute, because it looks like he's had it since he was a child. He takes it out and he says, I bequeathed this bunny to you. If you don't take care of him, I will haunt you. So is the bunny just soaking wet? No, it's inside no, it's, their it's suits. been inside his suit, and oh. now he's th- we're we're in a different part of the station now, so they're outside oh, of the water. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah, he takes it out. We'll try our best to clarify when they're within. No, that's water. okay. I was just like, yeah. this is funny that he's like carrying it around, no. dragging it through the water. No. no, it's been in his suit this whole time. He gives it to her, and then Smith 
also says, I will go with you. So they're outside the chamber, like, doing a uh, water walk to try and see if there's survivors in this, like, radar blip. Um, Emily's freaking out while she they watch them on the radar mm-hmm. in the screen. And she keeps asking people a bunch of questions about their lives. Like, do you have any pets? She's trying to distract herself yeah. because she's definitely, like, panicking. And she asks the captain about his family. And he says he has a daughter and that she's 14. Hmm. Nora looks confused for a second. It's, like, pretty subtle. Oh. That's, that's, like, a while ago. Shouldn't she be, like, my age now? And the captain's like, oh, yeah, you're right. I don't know why I said that. Sus. Oh, and also at this time, like, I randomly had this thought. Uh, I was like, what's the longest someone's lived underwater? Oh. You want to make a guess? Oh. Oh, my. I feel like probably a while. Well, I guess in the, I'm scared like, you're going to guess too high. Because, <laughs> like, in the Navy and stuff, you have to be underwater for a while sometimes. Perhaps. Right? I've never been in the Navy. <laughs> I'll just tell you because it's actually impressive, okay. but... But I'm scared you're going to be like, a thousand years. <laughs> That's not impressive. I um, feel like, I'm going to say ten-ish years. Okay, not at all. Oh, okay. No, the answer is actually only 73 days. Oh, okay. That's a long time, though, still. And it was actually two community college professors who hold the record. And when they resurfaced, one of them said, I really like this. He said, there is a sun. Like, he just was, that was the thing he was most excited to see, and he, he like, was marveling at it, and he said, there is a sun, and it's because he'd lived so long without a sun. Yeah. I really like that. That's scary. Dark and dank down there. I don't like that. Anyways, Paul and Smith, they find a dead body floating. That's what they saw. And they're attacked by a large-ass tadpole-looking, chompity-chompin' alien thing. Like, it's, like... Big head, skinny body. Oh. In the shape of... And it swims? It swimming swims. It looks like a tadpole. I have pictures if you want to see. No. That I drew in the theater. <laughs> in the script, it's um called a clinger. Oh, whoa. Mm, nice. And I'll explain why. They're, they're like swarmed by this thing and it's there. Luckily, they're okay because they shoot it. And they also have a camera transmitting everything that they're seeing at this time. So when they come back, they come back with the thing. Also, like, at this time, everyone's yelling, like, come back! And they're like, no! Uh But they come back with this thing, and what they see when they're inspecting it is that it has... They caught it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It has tentacles kind of coming off. Like I said, picture tadpole body. Yeah. But also these tentacles coming off of it. Mm -hmm. And on those tentacles are, like, bird talons. Ew. Like, hooks that are just ready to go. And like as many talons as there are suckers. Yeah, it's like talons on talons. Mm. Uh, oh, I don't. And not suckers. Like it's more like, but like, tentacles. but like the amount of suckers that would be on a tentacle. No, there's... it's like like a rose stem, like thorns. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Okay. And also, there's no real suckers. It's by tentacles. I just kind of mean like those wavy ones, yeah. like a jellyfish. Okay. Are yeah. those called tentacles on a jellyfish? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> a bunch of scientists right now are like, no, they're not! <laughs> anyway, I am a marine biologist. Well, what did you think of Underwater? Tell us at We Explain Movies. Um, so, they decide that it. they're all meeting now and they're outside of their suits and they're talking and they think this must be a new species. Paul calls dibs on naming it because he's the one who shot it. Of course. <laughs> and then, uh, suddenly, again, darkness, no power. Oh. Jump scares, explosions, etc. And the station that they're on is like being rocked back and forth, and it comes free of the rest of this unit that they're oh, on. Oh, jeez. And we see it just plummet 
down to the ocean floor. It's falling and falling and falling and it crashes. And now it's like, it's weird because like we originally were going to walk to the Roebuck. But now they, like, also have to, like, get to the Roebuck somehow. But they've, like, fallen a lot. Uh-huh. I don't know if it's more so that they felt distance or if they felt depth. I see. But it sucks still. They've just been, like, thrown to the ground. And when they get out of where they were, there's these, like, distance marker flags, like, along the floor. Which is oh. actually, like, really interesting if you think about, like, marine biologists going down there and, like, yeah. planting these markers. And they know now the distance is how, how far they're going to have to go. It starts at 20. You have to count down to zero to get to the Roebuck. All right, so they go underwater. They go through this, like, tunnel area that they thought would be able to cart them through. But it's actually flooded and uh, in parts. So they kind of have to duck under broken things and go underwater for a second and pop out the other side. And there's this one part that's, like, really small. They have to go one at a time. And Kristen Stewart's like, I'll go first. I'm the smallest. I'll see where the the open part is. And so she goes and she's like, yeah, I'm here. Let's go one at a time. They all go one at a time underneath and come back up on the other side. Lastly to go is um, TJ Miller, Paul. Uh-oh. As soon as he gets on the other side, he starts yelling and he starts getting pulled back by something. Oh no. Underneath the water. They start grabbing him and trying to pull him back because something's got him. But um he's uh screaming and he he passes the bunny that he's got no. to them uh, before he's yanked away and somehow like pops and blood fills ah. up his entire suit. Oh god. It's like really scary. Everybody freaks out and backs away. Yeah, he's less of an explosion the way that Rigo was, and it's like, you just watch him fill with blood. So, they're definitely at the halfway mark to reaching the Roebuck right now, and the marker says 21, and they have to get to zero. Mm -hmm. So, this is the halfway point of the film. Okay, well, I was, I got one right on the death list. You did. Yeah. Who did you think died second? The cap- she thought Emily Well, I thought she was going to be, I thought she was going to play a part in Rigo's death, and so I thought that she'd be next to go. Yeah. So, man, I still, I still kind of want someone to die because of her mistake. But okay. we'll see. Um, obviously I want something to be fishy about the captain, which it seems like there will be, but I'm going to be upset if it's a fake out, and they're like... I don't know. He's lying about something, but it was to save everyone. Ooh, you know what it feels like to me is that maybe he kind of has a complex, like, Mm. uh, Cypher from The Matrix, which is the character who kind of turns on everybody because he wants to go back into The Matrix. Like, I'm thinking that he is somehow trying to create a plan and he's lying so that he can have an excuse to go back up to the surface. Because, like, he's the one person who's supposed to stay down there or something. Gotcha. Um, but I could also see it being the other thing of, like, having something to do with the creatures. Like, somehow he knew about the creatures beforehand, but I don't know why he would. Who wants to study them? Yeah, I'm thinking... Oh, I just don't know. I wanted to have some twists and turns, but I feel like it's just going to be monster horror chomp fest. <laughs> and then the captain will have some twists, but I don't really understand what they would be. Do you have any leading questions? Yes, I have a question for you, because okay. this is a question that I kind of thought about as I was watching this. Oh. What do you think is the deal with the captain's daughter? Like, why did he lie about her age or something? Yeah. 
He isn't the captain. He <laughs> killed the captain. He's another person who was on the ship, and he took the picture of the captain's daughter, and so he was like, this looks like a 14-year-old. And so then Case Stu, who's smart, <laughs> okay. said, I love it. said, that's not a 14-year-old, and this dumb idiot went, right, right. <laughs> <laughs> um, and he killed the captain because... He knows about the water monsters, and he wants to go mate with them. It's the shape of water. Can you stop? <laughs> oh, my goodness. That's my new favorite guess. Okay. <laughs> Are you ready to move on? I'm ready. Okay, cool. All right. Back to the movie. Everybody gets back to, like, another checkpoint. They all get out of their suits again, so they're in, like, dry open space in, um, in another station, right? They're like, I can't believe... What was that? What was that thing that just killed Paul... How did it pull him out of the suit? Those suits are supposed to be virtually indestructible outside of the pressure. What's going on? And then she delivers some stupid-ass line that says, It's Mother Earth. Um. And they're taking back what we destroyed. We drilled too deep into Mariana's trench. It's horrible. Mariana is pissed. You know, kudos to this actor, though, because she's, like, really good at being, like, panicked and Mm. just distraught, you know? Sometimes, like... I'm watching a film, usually if it's something that's just atrocious, and I have to take a step back and go, okay, this actor is probably doing the best they can with that shitty, shitty yeah, dialogue. Yeah, okay. You know what? It's also supported because right after that, um, Nora says, yeah, she's right. Like, really, like, plainly. Mm. And I was like, ooh, that, that was like a good thing to do to backspace yeah. that shitty line. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so they have to start walking again. But Smith is in bad shape because while they were trying to make it to this new checkpoint, his oxygen started to run really low. And I really don't want Emily to survive. <laughs> <laughs> I want Smith to survive, and I feel like that's not what you're going to say right now. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so he's really low, and so... Um, Monsters attack! Okay. There's a bunch of them. They've got, like, tentacles. They've got mouths. Mm. They've got, like, these weird cataract eyes. Do they look at all like what I described? I can't remember. I don't remember what you described. <laughs> that was an hour ago. What did you say? <laughs> Courtney actually has like a really good description of it later. Okay. Anyways, they're attacking and it's actually really hard to see what's going on. Like it's, uh. it's full of chaos. And and we know that these creatures don't have eyes and because they live so down deep in the darkness. They're like cataract eyes. They do have eyes. It's just weird because mm. they like can't really perceive. Um, but one of them leeches itself. Onto Nora's helmet. It does leech. I wrote leech before you said it. <laughs> it's like sucking on her face and it's yeeting her around and it's pulling her from like the whole group and it's it's like dragging her Yuck. away. It's got her. But the captain has kind of set up this tether to her. Either he hooks himself onto her or it's been established this way. I really don't know. But either way, he is stuck to Nora and he gets to her where she's got this thing on her helmet and he stabs it. Hmm. But after he stabs it, he himself is pulled away very quickly by another one. Oh. Dragging him off, and it's a very long sequence of action, and, you know, we we get to this weird part of the whole set design, I guess you could say, where it's kind of like him and Nora are set aside from everything else, and they're kind of like this, on this, like, edge, where it's, it's still all underwater, but they're on this portion where it's kind of like this big dramatic moment of, like, her hanging on to him off the side of a cliff. Yeah. But obviously we're still underwater. And it's a very, very strong, dramatic moment of, let me go. Mm. 
of him saying that to Nora, and Nora is holding on to their tether, and they keep getting these oxygen level warnings blaring off of, like, their suits and all that stuff, as well as pressure warnings Mm -hmm. because of how low they are, and she's not gonna let him go, but he ends up cutting himself free from her. The captain? Yep. Wow. He is willing to just go down with this monster, and he releases himself, and he drifts, and his oxygen tank actually explodes, Mm. and then boom, it's this amazing shot, and it's like this beautiful blue atomic or sonic bomb, like a big round one, and it's blue, and it's underwater, and it's still like crystal clear, you can see it, but it is this big blue explosion that just launches her and everyone else backwards. So Nora has now been pulled so far away by the captain and the monster pulling them, Um, that now she, that she's free from them, she can't, like, communicate or see the rest of the crew. Oh, no. Oh, that sounds like the scariest thing ever. Mm-hmm. And she makes it to what earlier was, uh, we were told was called the Shepherd Drill Solo Station. Mm. They said, that's abandoned, we can't go there. But it turns out that it's okay. There's nobody there. It's kind of not super sustainable, but she's going to hang out there for a while and, like, rest. Mm-hmm. So she gets out of her suit. Um, she's, like, really, really sad. She's crying in the shower, and she's all curled up. It's really devastating. Around her in the station is, like, a B-roll of motivational posters. It reads, like, working alone is against company policy. Oh, gosh. (laughs) And, um, she tries to get on the radio comm system, and she's, like, begging for anybody to respond. She's, like, I'm here at Shepherd Station. Like, where are you? I can't find anybody. Nobody answers her. And she finds all of the old station lockers, like a big row of them. But she opens the captain's old locker from this station, and inside of it... (gasps) Is, like, a picture of someone else? (laughs) (laughs) This is actually so funny, because, like, I don't know, was this, like, a red herring that we were supposed to latch onto? I really don't know. (laughs) I don't know. In it is a funeral memorial card for his daughter, dead at the age of 14. Oh, Yeah, and I just, like, leaned over to Courtney, and I was like, I don't know why this is a plot point. I don't know why this is part of his character. Yeah. There's no explanation ever. It was established that, like, Nora and the captain have a good relationship, and they like each other. Mm -hmm. Like, not romantically, they just, like, enjoy each other, and they they have a relationship of some kind. And so, like, if we don't get to see, like, if this other, like... 14-year-old daughter being dead thing doesn't come to fruition in a different way. I don't really know why it was something that needed to be mentioned. Also, didn't you say that the question was, what is it that you have to go back to or something like that? She said, you should have left, you have family. Okay. Is that what you're talking about at the beginning? Yeah. So he didn't tell anybody that his daughter was dead. It might be that he can't accept his daughter's death or something like that and, like, hasn't dealt with the grief of it. Yeah, sometimes, too, I feel like movies do that because they want you to be shocked, but what was the point of it? Right, it was a weird twist post that guy's death. Honestly, it just kind of threw me out of the movie in not, like, a that's not believable way, but instead, like, I spent tons of time lingering and being like, the aliens got his daughter and now he's searching the trenches for her. Mm -hmm. And I just, that doesn't make sense either, but I didn't know what to do with it. Very peculiar. Peculiar indeed. Um, as she is down there though, we have one of those badass getting ready montages 
where no she... rock music this time. I don't think no. so. It's no, just like it's a... more like determined. Yeah. Mm. yeah, it's a score. It's actually um, I noticed the score here a lot. It's Marco Beltrami, and he's done a whole bunch of things. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's her badass getting ready montage. She's putting on her suit, and guess what? She takes a flare gun because there's always a flare gun, mm. especially in water-based movies. It's like <laughs> pew pew flare gun. Do they work underwater? Yeah. That's yeah. the thing about flare guns? Flare guns are like, mm-hmm. they, they really work underwater. <laughs> and along with the flare gun, she takes Paul's bunny rabbit with her. Well, of course. So. <laughs> yeah. So she's trekking to the Roebuck. And mm-hmm. she's kind of talking to her teammates out loud, even though they're not responding. Mm-hmm. She just says, okay, guys, you can't hear me, but I'm just going to keep talking. Um, she's at number two marker. So that means that she's pretty close. And then she can start to hear Emily on her in-suit radio. Mm-hmm. And she sees her dragging Smith along. She runs towards her, and I guess, like, Emily can sense that something's behind her, and Emily starts running and freaking out because she thinks coming something's coming to attack her. Mm-hmm. But then Nora stops her and, like, body slams her to the ground, and she's like, it's me, it's okay. It's me. And she's like, oh, my gosh, Nora, you're here, thank God. And they're going to have... Two women drag Smith to the station. <laughs> That's nice. Yeah. yeah. They talk a little bit as they're walking, and um, it, like, establishes, like, some He's still sweetness. alive, right? He's yeah, just in he bad just, condition. He's just being dragged. Yeah. He doesn't have, like, any oxygen, hardly, yeah. so he's unconscious. So, like, they're talking, and Emily reveals how much she misses her dog. Aww. Um, Nora reveals that her husband died while he was night diving, so... That's a little bit of exposition that she, she they used to scuba dive a lot. Okay. Like, that ma- probably made her, like, apt for this position, I suppose. I think they just always have been, like, water people. Yeah. You've been scuba diving. Are you ready to go live underground or underwater? No. <laughs> she also has degrees in it. Yeah. yeah. I'm not certified either. <laughs> no, I'm just saying, like, do you have an itch? <laughs> no. <laughs> um, yeah, he went out and she didn't want to go. She was, like, feeling sick that day or something. What did she say? It was late. She was tired. She just wanted to go to bed, and he wanted to go night diving. Yeah. She said he went, and he never came back. Holy crap. And we never found him. And she blames herself, kind of, for not going with him. That's insane. Can you... Oh, that's a horrible way to lose someone, where they just disappear. There's just, like, no closure there. Yeah. Nope. As they're making their way to the Roebuck, they make it. (laughs) As they're making their way, they do it. And they say, we made it. (laughs) (laughs) To the Roebuck. Where are we? At the Roebuck, because we got here. We made it. We made it! <laughs> hey, look, Ma. We made it to the Roebuck. Um, and it's actually, like, all lit up underwater. It kind of looks like this big factory. It's Ooh. huge. It's a mega station. And they see it kind of in the distance. They have kind of a bit more to get over to get to it. And as they do, they get up. They're right where it should be. But it's just straight up, like, umbrella slash wall of those creatures. Oh, no! Yeah, it's scary. It's literally like a dome full of them. Blocking their entrance. It's so scary. They are all, however, asleep. Oh, All these creatures are just kind of bobbing there, hanging right where they want to be. Mm. They're like, we have to go through, so we'll, we'll walk really slowly and try not to touch them. They're right underneath all of them, and a loud-ass alarm blares out of Smith's suit. It's an oxygen warning. Oh, you gotta be effing me. (laughs) And this giant... Oh, Courtney wrote in this description here. 
It's a, a giant, like, slender man, quiet place looking kind of monster emerges and swallows Nora whole. What? Eats her. Straight up. Yep. She's in his esophagus. <laughs> but you know what? <laughs> She's got that flare gun. <laughs> <laughs> no, no. Movie, don't. No, no, no. It's pretty cool. She shoots her way out. So this out. is the most giant slender man ever. They're no, all he's... this size. Like, yeah. They're all clustered together and they're all this size. And you'll find out he's kind of the baby. There's a large swarm of them. Like a whole bunch of close-ups of them. Like they're just kind of all there as she's getting herself free. And like my biggest either commentary or critique on how they look is that they just look like concept art. If you Ugh. know like what I'm talking about. Yeah. Like how people can draw really amazing creatures or medieval things yeah. or just anything but it still looks like a drawing mm. or like just digital art. It felt very much to me just kind of like fan art or like when you see booths at Comic-Con. Just yeah. very similar to it's that. It's a character in a graphic novel. Yeah, it's just, it felt so much like I was like, yeah, that's somebody's idea and there it is. Yeah. Okay. Um. So she shoots herself free and she's out of there, but then the mother. Like some big old like, like sea monster. It, like it's a big circle teeth. <laughs> Alien I'm picturing, tentacles. Oh my god, what there's are that pictures? There's like some Disney cartoon or something where there's like, oh my god, it's in it's in Despicable Me, isn't it? The little monster that's got like the chompies. Kind of. The fuzzy boy. Like that kind of just teeth that like yeah. mash all over the place yeah. and they're not really aligned. She's just massive okay. and very like round faced. Yeah. Spider eyes all over, tons of teeth. Lots of eyes. She's just a, she's just a monster, honestly. Yes. Yeah. It's and like, yeah, someone said, let's just let's put the let's have teeth, let's have <laughs> tentacles. You know, yeah. we should have every like scary trait that a yeah. monster has ever had. Let's all put it in one monster. And honestly, it's not bad. No, um, because she shoots off another flare gun to kill it, and it is one of the most tension-filled moments because a flare gun kind of rises in this very small light. It's a yeah. tiny little light that shoots up like a rocket and the whole time you're just anticipating and you're waiting for it to explode yeah. and ignite and light up what we're seeing. And when it does, in all of her glory, it's terrifying. Yeah. Like, she is huge and it's super scary. Oh, because the flare gun is what makes you able to see her? Yeah. Once it uh, once it goes off. Yeah. But it's like this slow rocket little yeah. rise and then we get it. Because the little boys, like, they're not little. They're big boys. Yeah. And they're like, one mm -hmm. thing can pull, like, a human man out of his, like, pressure suit. Yeah. But it's like, that's not even the worst thing. Yeah, no. yeah, yeah. This is, like, building level size. Okay. It's massive. And it explodes and we get another one of those big sonic booms under Ooh. the ocean. A huge circle. This time it is bright orange. It is just, like, detrimental and it's just, like, radiating. And then, blackout. Then. The end? No. no. <laughs> she said, then. <laughs> oh. um, Nora wakes up. Emily has saved them both. Oh. Both her and Smith. And they're finally inside the Roebuck. Um, they're looking out the window, and there are so many monsters surrounding the station. Damn. Including another big-ass bitch. Oh, come on, bitches. <laughs> <laughs> Who looks like Venom, kind of. It's like, oh. it has like a huge mouth, and it's like chomping its jaws. That's another way to describe them. Very Venom-esque. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, inside of the Roebuck are these escape pods that will just, woo, go to the surface, have fun. So they Ooh. shove, like, 
dead old Smith. He's not actually dead, but he's pretty limp. Uh-huh. They shove him into the first one. Is he not okay after being on the roadbook? Well, I mean, they, after they, oxygen yeah. deprivation, like, you're not a-okay. But he's, like, better than he was He's before. gonna survive. Yeah, he's okay. fine. Be okay. Yeah. Okay. They throw him in one of the pods, and Nora gives him the bunny rabbit. No, and he then they it. yeet him up there. He's gone. Goodbye. Have fun at the surface. There's another pod, and we have this moment where Emily's like, Nora, you must go first. And Nora's like, absolutely not. You get in there. And it's one of those, like, which one of us is more valiant? Who's the Black Widow to I my was Hawkeye? Just gonna say, like, yeah. you get in the pod. No, you get in the pod. But actually, it gets to the point where Nora is, like, pushing Emily into the pod and telling her, you have to go get into the pod, and when that doesn't work, she straight up punches Emily square in the face. So it's exactly that scene. Yep. Punches her, pushes her, she's in the pod, sends her flying up, and once those pods kind of, like, you know, the, the, the ocean's not lit up now, but we get the camera angle of the camera is filming the pods going up, mm. and as it's filming them go up, you just see how many monsters there are. Oh, yeah. And it's horrifying. They're just full these little tiny, tiny pods. from the pod? I guess, but I'm really more concerned for, like, Nora, who's, like, in the captain's, like, clear view windows of just watching yeah. this. Oh, it's so scary. Yeah. The reason why she punched Emily was because the only remaining escape pod is malfunctioning. Oh. So there are no more escape pods left. Honestly, they both could have been one, but whatever. <laughs> yeah, I wonder what that's about. Um, Nora looks out the um, the window, the like dash window of where she's at, and it's like horrible sight. It's like the giant rat king of monsters is like staring her down. Oh. There and all the other you know babies are all intertwined. Are the pods like, moving pretty quick? They're all yeah. fast. They're okay. shooting up there, yeah. There's, like, way too many of them, and some of them are huge. There's, like, a bunch of evil sea monkeys just, like, surrounding the Actual station. sea monkeys? No, they, they look like And, um, Nora has, like, this VO right here. And this isn't verbatim, like, this is paraphrased, but she says, There's things that will make you feel powerless, but there comes a time where you have to start doing. We're sitting on a lot of energy right now with nowhere to go. And she presses the core melt- meltdown button. And the computer says, survival rate, 0%. And a one-minute countdown begins. It's a close-up of her face, and we get another line from her VO, and it says, you lose yourself in the dark. Really paralleling what she said in the beginning. You lose yourself in the dark, so let's light this shit up. Nice. The drilling station that she's on explodes and it's another one of those big round boys and this time again blue sonic boom there's this wonderful wonderful slow-mo shot of water filling where she is but instead of like this big splash it actually looks like rain and it's a slow-mo of the rain falling down on her and her face looks like she is at peace the movie closes the way that it began with these newspaper clippings and these reports, including a lot of redacted reports, oh. with pictures of Smith and Emily, who are the sole survivors of this disaster. And we see these, like, articles really kind of, I guess, sugarcoating what it is. It's, like, pictures of him and Emily, like, smiling with the bunny rabbit and, like, yay, we survived, good for us. But we don't see, like, any, we don't have any voiceover of it, and so we just kind of see these clippings of, like, suspicious anomalies on the Kepler, Hmm. and survivors will not be interviewed. 
Tyon Industries closes up previous disaster, and so it's like, yeah, kind of, it's not really setting us up for a sequel, because that's unnecessary, but it is establishing this universe yeah. of something has already happened, now we have this, there's no knowing what could come next, because like, hopefully her sacrifice destroyed all of these aliens, mm. and that is our end. Okay. Ready to rate this? I think so. Three, two, one! Oh, oh my gosh. gosh! Also, the devil is here tonight. Guys, that's the first time we've rated it the same thing. That's exciting. Oh my gosh. Oh. <laughs> Hail Satan! <laughs> I do I do remember that one time we did that, except Jillian was except the guest. Jillian and was here. It. A fool. Kayleen, you gave it a six. Kimi, you gave it a six. I gave it a six. This is scary. Now I have to go home and go to bed after this. <laughs> Awesome! You who have not seen it, give it to us! <laughs> so, Vox Lux and this are the devil's episodes. They are! Oh, gosh. Satan is all about Natalie Portman and sea monsters. <laughs> um, okay, so, yeah, I have not seen this. Um, part of why I gave it a six is because, as we've said before, sometimes five is the threshold for I will see it or I like watching it more than once. Mm-hmm. And this seems, in a way, it, I think, exceeded my expectations of what I thought this movie would be, but in a way, it was exactly what I thought it would be. Right? <laughs> because I think the story, the substance of the story is what I expected, but I didn't expect as cool of visuals. And so that's where my one bump above a five came from, mm-hmm. is that it seems... There's a lot of stuff you explain that I really want to see. Like, I want to know what the monsters look like. I want to see those explosions. And I want to hang out with those actors for a little bit. Um, But I think there's a lot wrong with it or just not that exciting about it when you really get down to the nitty-gritty of it. So that's how I feel. Yeah, I rated this a six because I went in thinking that this was going to be one of those joke episodes mm -hmm. where we talk about how shitty it was. And I was like... When I was over, I was like, wow, that was, like, really good. Yeah. And I was pleasantly surprised by that. Um, I think all the actors did as best they could, like, with the writing, which I do think is the weak point, like, just, like, the overall story, Mm -hmm. like you said, is pretty standard with, like, some tiny, you know, adjustments and nuances and stuff, and there's some major, like, holes that are, that just really take me out of it. But overall, I was, like... That was a lot better. It's not a shitty movie. Yeah. Like, no. it's pretty good. Mm-hmm. Um, so I was pleasantly surprised. Yeah, I definitely went into it with, like, the dope trailer, Love Case too. Let's see what, what comes of this. Um, and was was happy with it. I mean, I got what I came for without suffering yeah, for really yeah. anything. I don't feel like that. I, um, I could have seen that being a suffer movie, so it's cool that it wasn't. No, it was delightful that it wasn't. Um, something that I just feel like, and we don't even really need to, I don't think, include this in our, quote, spoiler timestamps, but this movie is straight up the movie Life with Jake Gyllenhaal oh. and Ryan Reynolds. Oh, I haven't seen that. It's I... this movie. Okay. <laughs> But in space. But in space. And when they're in space, it's like, uh uh-oh, what's this weird plasma-looking thingamajig? That broke my finger. And like, oh, is it going to take us out one by one? And is the main character going to sacrifice themselves Mm. in a pod for this little... Like, it just was the same movie. Um, 
<laughs> and honestly, I don't even like Life. It's not a good movie. Mm-hmm. And so, like, Does this it have one... dope visuals? No. Okay. So I think this one might have done it better, but did it really if it just copied something that already existed? Mm. <laughs> um, so that's definitely a downfall for me, is that I feel like I'd already watched this movie, and yeah. I, I noticed that very quickly within this film, is that I was like, okay, the only premise that's different is, like, why you all are in the predicament you're in, because one is like, we are space scientists going to space, and maybe we'll find this, like, we created this life in space, and now, Mm -hmm. oh no, it's attacking us, sad. Yeah. Whereas this one is like, we're just scientists, and uh uh-oh, there's something attacking us. Yeah. So, I I think I would rewatch it with you. Mm -hmm. I think that it is worth a watch if you're just down to see movies. If you want to watch a movie that you just eat popcorn during and, like, have a time for. This seems like a fun movie. I mean, I'm sure this was dope to see on a big screen because of the visual effects, mm-hmm. but this seems like a fun movie to sit around and chat and eat mm-hmm. and say, can you believe this thing? Can you yeah. believe this thing? There's no reason to hate it, Yeah, is my big takeaway, and that's why it gets a six, and I, I love that we all that's get the so same fun. score. That's so fun. Awesome. Alrighty, to close this episode, what are you adding to your watch list, and what do you recommend? Uh, okay, so my... My watch list ad is Sing Street. I uh, love Sing Street. Yeah, I, I've never seen it, and you just said it recently, and yeah, I want to see more of Jack Rayner's filmography, mm. and you just speak so highly of it, I thought that it I should watch it. It is a straight up, fighting with my family, feel good movie. Oh, Love the music, and it's so, oh, so That's good. That's great. Yeah. And then my recommendation is another Kristen Stewart movie. It's called Welcome to the Rileys. Oh, no. Welcome to the Riley stars Melissa Leo, James Gandolfini, and Kristen Stewart. Mm. And it's about this grieving couple, and the dad meets a stripper, and that's Kristen Stewart. And kind of, like, um, tries to take care of her, and kind of, like, is going through his grieving process by, like, making her his daughter, and there's some conflict with that. I, It's just, I think, a really lovely film, and rest in peace, James Gandolfini. Adding to my watch list... I just saw the trailer for it yesterday, and I was like, well, well, well. (laughs) Um, Oh, just one of those psychological, messed up women movies, and I was stunned by it. It's called Swallow, Hmm. and it stars Haley Bennett, who is the girl from Girl on the Train, that is, like, the other one. Yeah, okay. Like, she's the other the girl. one. Yeah, who, like, is the one who's dead. Who's yeah. The, the girl who's found by the train. Yeah, <laughs> right. She's from other things, too. She's yeah, yeah. gorgeous and just very interesting. I don't know anything about her. Okay. She's um, the lead in this? She's the lead in this, and essentially what it seems this movie is about is that she is kind of newly married to this guy who just kind of is very upper crust, and she's from, like, a different walk of life, and her family is his family that she marries into is very stiff and uh, condescending towards her and really looking down on her, but also, I don't really know what's happening, but she's got this thing where she is a compulsive, like, small object swallower. Oh. And she keeps swallowing crazy things, and she's supposed to be, like, bearing his child, and instead she's sitting there, like, swallowing a thumbtack and swallowing a marble, and, like, I've never screamed at a trailer the way I have at this one. I was, like, on the edge of my seat. Wow, that sounds dope. It sounds insane! Nice! Um, That's some Chuck Palahniuk shit. (laughs) Really, I'm feeling like Gillian Flynn. I'm like, oh my gosh, what's happening? So, Swallow... Don't know when it's coming out, but I'm scared. Interesting. <laughs> yeah. 
And then uh, my recommendation for the week is a Kristen Stewart movie that is all about claustrophobia and tight spaces and coming together and using your wits to get out of a situation. <laughs> it's Panic Room. Ooh. Yeah. I thought you were going to say Messengers. <laughs> I felt like Kayleen was going to suggest Messengers this week. Oh, no, 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 no. No, uh, love Panic Room. David Fincher, um, Kristen Stewart as a wee baby, and... It's just, it's wonderful to see how her career has blossomed. And we didn't get to talk about that film at the beginning of our episode in favorite K-Stew movies, but yeah. I think she's wonderful in it. Um, I I love that movie. It's just, it's thrilling, and it's, you know, kind of just boxes you in the way that this movie yeah, does. Yeah, it's a good one. So, Panic Room. Mm-hmm. So, adding to my watch list is 007, because <laughs> I'm excited to see Rami Malek be the villain. <laughs> uh... Yeah, I just kind of miss that boy. I really need to get back on watching Mr. Robot. just has not been a priority to me. Mm-hmm. But I haven't seen him around. I love him. And I'm not a really big 007 person, but I just, I don't know, I watch them once in a while if something about it intrigues me. So hopefully it'll be a fun time. And then adding to my recommendation, I'm gonna put Ad Astra. I... Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I recently watched that. Oh, you, you did? did? Yeah. On the plane? Mm-hmm. Um... So Ad Astra, I couldn't quite decide how I felt about it at the end of the movie, but I think it was just really interesting and creative as far as cinematography and visual effects and the world it creates. It's very much a world where space travel is a lot more commercialized and normal, but he's still somebody who is um, a deeper part of the space program, like like an engineer or a scientist. And it's about legacy and about, like, relationship with your family, and I just thought it was really interesting. It was unique, but it it left me kind of feeling unsure about how I felt about it. Mm -hmm. But you should go watch it. It was different than other space movies. Because, again, I like a movie that stands out to me. Even if I didn't fall in love with it, I like that it can do something different. Mm -hmm. I love it. Uh, So next week, Kayleen, me... We'll be explaining the movie 12 Monkeys, starring Brad Pitt and Bruce Willie, to Kimmy and Courtney. Catch us then. I haven't seen it in a hot minute, so it'll be new to me as well.